the Blood Cancer Experience, a podcast by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. This podcast connects people affected by a blood cancer to resources that inform, support, educate, and empower. When it comes to cancer, it's hard to navigate the unknown and there are no easy answers. We're here to bring you information you need to help make sense of every step of the blood cancer experience. My name is Charlotte Hall Coates and I'm the Community Services Manager for the Atlantic Region. Today on the show, I'm talking to Amy Pulsifer about managing long-term side effects associated with chronic blood cancer. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. So to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience with chronic lymphocytic leukemia or CLL? Certainly. So when I was 49 years old, I was diagnosed with chronic lymphocytic leukemia, which is typically a cancer reserve for older people, I've been told. Um, so it was a bit of a shock, I guess. Um, I, uh, I had a lump actually under my throat, under my chin, um, which turned out to be uh, an enlarged lymph node. And I was uh, stage four um, chronic lymphocytic leukemia. My bone marrow was completely saturated uh, with cancer cells. And I required a, um, some blood transfusions right away. Um, and, uh, and so it was, um, it was definitely a shock, but I had also been sick leading up to it. And so it really was a bit of a relief to get that diagnosis and then a treatment, uh, put in place. So in terms of, um, your treatment, uh, as well as the, the CLL in general, uh, can you tell us a little bit, some of the side effects, uh, you experience during your treatment and then afterwards? Sure. So the biggest one would have been the fact that I had no immune system. Uh, that would have been the, probably the largest, you know, the biggest uh, issue that I had. And of course, that landed me in the hospital many times throughout my treatment with fevers um, or, or you're sitting home and you know a fever's coming, you can feel it and it doesn't quite get there. So, uh, but I, I was hospitalized several times for fevers, but also on top of that, um, the fatigue hit me the third month of chemo, uh, the joint pain, uh, and it's funny, I just remembered that the other day about the joint pain, how I was so sore, like I was just, I even went to physio once thinking it was something I did, and it turned out it was just my joints. Um, so I had that, and, and of course, maybe because of my age, I'm not sure, but I also went through menopause right away with my first round of chemo. Um, but some of the, the, the positives of the side effects was I didn't experience any hair loss. Um, and another couple of odd ones, which I did not know were going to happen, was that um, I had uh, an allergy going into chemo, and it's never come back since chemo. Uh, I also, that whole year, did not have any mosquito bites while I was in chemo. <laughs> <laughs> So interesting. Um, it sounded like you, you know, were having quite a few. Um, which ones did you find lasted, uh, you know, the longest, or were they all short-lived? I would say the joint pain definitely lasted the longest because I had so many issues with my my white cells and uh, injections that I had to do. So there was a lot of that going on. The immune system, uh, I mean, that took me 15 months to recover completely with weekly, bi-weekly blood work. You could just get your, you'd get your, um, your blood count, the nurse would call me, and that would be how I determined what I did that day. I was 
safe to go out and see people or not, basically. Um, so that lasted, but for me, the one that lasted the most was what they call chemo brain. Um, of course, I was off work for 15 months, and um, when I returned, uh, I, it, my brain did not operate the same way. It took me a long time and a lot of patience with myself to kind of get back into my groove. And, uh, and that, was, that was the most challenging emotionally. Uh, everything else, you know, was handled by a medical team, but the, the, this, this forgetfulness and this loss of focus, and it, it was really difficult, and especially trying to go back to real life, normal. Um, I still now have issues sometimes where I'll be mid-sentence, so sorry if this happens, <laughs> but if it's mid-sentence, I will completely lose my train of thought. And, and I could chalk it up to my age now that I'm 52, but it really started during chemo and, uh, and it's, it does continue now uh, occasionally. Yeah, and that's always tough with the, the chemo brain, right? Because yeah. it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I, it's, I guess, harder to control. Definitely. And you really don't think of it as a real thing. I thought it was just, I don't know, I didn't think it was real. And uh, it, it really is, yeah. Definitely. So what did you find uh, the most helpful when it came to uh, trying to manage these side effects? Well, for the physical ones, um, I mean, I didn't do, I didn't take any medications really because I was already on the biggest ones. Um, so I just used heating pads for joints and things like that and physio. Or, but I was physically moving all, like every day I would go for a big walk. I was usually at the end of it going 10 kilometers a day. Um, so I was trying to be physical as best I could. I was trying to um, look after my body with good nutrition. Um, being mindful of my, uh, you know, of, of times when I needed extra treating, you know what I mean? Whether it was a food treat or maybe I went and had a massage uh, as long as my white counts were good. So it was just finding a way to manage them through just treating myself um, with care like I would for somebody else. Uh, I went to beaches. Uh, I took, you know, I, I even though I had to do things alone, uh, because of my immune system, I still made the most of it, whether it was with a cafe or, or I made myself um, um, just treat myself. And like I said, with the physical side of it, I took rest. Um, that's so important. And, I, and, and as you know, we, we're taught not to nap, you know, because we're busy people. And, but when you are sick and you are recovering, and that's what you are doing when you're in chemo, you need to give your body the rest and you need to give yourself permission to rest and to recover every day. So that's really what I did. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, you know, there's a lot of good things that uh, you did to help take care of yourself, both physically and mentally. For sure. Um, what advice would you give to others who, you know, maybe are trying to figure out how to best optimize their health, even when they're going through treatment? Well, for me, it's, COVID, because we're in the middle of this global pandemic right now, it's reminded me of what it was like for myself during chemo. You have a lot of time alone. You're meeting friends and family outdoors. There was been a lot of that, of course, these last nine months. But I did that also when I was in chemo. Um, so it just reminds me of that now. And so uh, I just I try to focus on, um, as far as mentally goes, uh, I try to focus more on... Um, now 
my health now, um, loving life, um, and that doesn't have to be, uh, you know, surfing or anything like that. Any, you know, uh, um, doesn't have to be anything crazy. But sometimes it's just, you know, enjoying a good book and 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 optimizing your your mental health that way and looking after yourself. Like in my case, I know that my cancer will return. Uh, uh, it's been, you know, it's supposed to be coming back in three to five years is the, you know, the rough estimate that I was told. Um, so for me, it's been three years now. Um, but I don't really sit here thinking every day, well, today's the day it's going to come back. So I really try to, um, just focus on my health in the sense that I am healthy currently and I don't fixate on the fact about my cancer returning. My life is spent now, um, you know, doing what I can to be healthy. Uh, again, I've, I've not maybe been good on the exercise because of COVID um, or those types of things, but I, I do spend a lot of time outdoors, a lot of time, um, you know, just looking after myself. And, um, and that's, that's what I do now. Definitely. Yeah. It's really important to, you know, almost take advantage of when you're feeling well. And as you said, you know, get the most out of life. Mm -hmm. So you talked a little bit about some of your side effects and that you were able to manage them sort of on your own. You know, you talked about heating pads for your joints, um, trying to get out and, and stay active. Mm -hmm. um, when do you think it is important for people to consult, um, you know, their physician um, when it comes to managing their side effects? Um, you have to know your own body. I mean, there's a, a there's a balance between uh, being patient with your recovery and knowing when to really question your medical team. Is this okay? Is this normal? Why is this not getting any better now? So there is a fine line there. I think you have to know your own self, and we all have our own uh, limitations and. And, you know, for example, with the joint pain, you know, that I experienced or the immune system or the white counts that were not recovering, you know, you let it go so long and, and you know they're working on it, your medical team, but there comes a point where, you know, if you feel that something's just not right or you have questions and they're just, the questions aren't being answered, then that's when you call your doctor or you call, um, whether it's your hematologist, maybe your family doctor, um, you know, uh, if it's something that you need help on, like in my case with my joints and that pain, I thought, oh, I'll try physio. Um, it's about advocating for your own health, but while also maintaining a sense of patience and uh, faith in your medical team, they actually know what they're doing. And sometimes in your recovery, you feel like you, you should be getting better sooner. And that's not actually how it works. <laughs> you know, we, we can't get better on command. And um, so it's it, like I say, when consulting your doctor, as far as your side effects go, if they become, whether they're chronic or um, just unmanageable, or you just want to question, is this normal? Then that's when I would definitely reach out. But you have to give your medical team uh, faith and patience too. You know, they are dealing with a lot of other people who are probably even worse off than you and need their attention sooner. So. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, um, that's, uh, you know, important information. 
So you kind of touched upon um, this already, but what would you say to someone who may be experiencing side effects and, and they don't really know what to do? They don't know, you know, what their next step should be. Right. So the first thing you should not do is Google anything. That is the worst thing you should ever do when you have a side effect. Your side effects and your treatment and your cancer are all specific to you. And you have a medical team that is focusing on you. So to Google things is, is a bad idea. So as far as when you have side effects, I know for me, when I was going through chemo, and even still to this day, I will receive emails from friends of mine uh, who are either going through chemo or know somebody who's going through chemo, and they'll ask me, can they reach out to me uh, with some questions? And uh, I know that it's helpful because your, your hematologist or medical team can tell you that these will be your, could be your side effects. But when you actually live them, it's scary, you don't know. And, and yes, they told you it could happen, but wouldn't it be great to talk to somebody who's actually been through it? And so even once, uh, you know, I, I had a friend reach out to me that they were going through brain cancer at the time, which is unrelated, of course, to, it's got nothing, it's no similarities really um, with uh, blood cancer, but he was starting chemo and he had just a question on the fatigue. And once we spoke, it made him feel um, less worried about the fatigue he was feeling. So what it does, it helps normalize something. When you're going through cancer and cancer treatment, you have a million things that you're worrying about. So knowing that a symptom or a side effect uh, is normal and that somebody else also dealt with it and how they dealt with it, it's just one less thing that you have to worry about. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so important and it actually ties really nicely into one of the programs that we have at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, which is our First Connection Peer Support Program. We have trained volunteers who have that uh, lived blood cancer experience um, and they are available to connect with people um, and you know, chat about you know, their own experience um, living with a blood cancer, including you know, how they manage side effects. Um, so you know, peer support is, is such an important part of, um, of the cancer experience. It really is. When you get that diagnosis and you're going through your treatment, especially when, uh, in, in the case of blood cancer, at least in my case, it, it uh, affected your immune system. It means you're alone a lot. So it can be really isolating. And uh, so it's really important. And, and people who do reach out through that program should be very proud of themselves for doing that because that's a difficult thing is to reach out and ask for even the smallest amount of help just by no, you know, talking to somebody to see if it's something is normal, that's a big deal. And they should be very proud of themselves for even for doing that, for sure. I agree, definitely. Well, thank you so much, um, Amy, for taking the time to uh, talk with us today. If listeners have any questions about managing long-term side effects or need help uh, navigating your own experience, I encourage you to connect with a community services manager in your region. You can also visit bloodcancers.ca to connect with us. Until next time, stay well. The content in this podcast is at the complete discretion of LLSC and was made possible through an unrestricted education grant from Janssen. Thank you for listening to the Blood Cancer Experience podcast series by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. You can find us wherever you access your favorite podcasts, so be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. If you have an idea for the show, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email with your comments or suggestions to canadainfo at lls.org. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada 
is dedicated to funding cutting-edge research and supporting people affected by blood cancers. To learn more and access resources including fact sheets, booklets, and webcasts, visit llscanada.org.